Hello, and welcome to Ben's Book Reviews. I am Ben, and today we'll be discussing the number one New York Times bestseller book, Hidden Valley Road, Inside the Mind of an American Family, wrote by Robert Kulker. Okay, we're just going to jump right into the book here. So this book, Hidden Valley Road, is wrote about this family named the Galvins. So the Galvins, there is Don and Mimi. So Don and Mimi are the parents. Don was a World War II veteran, and Mimi was just trying to live the life um, that she could in the night. They lived in Colorado in the 1960s, a very Catholic family. So seeing a Catholic family... They had 12 children, so 10 boys, 2 girls, and 6 of them were diagnosed with schizophrenia. So schizophrenia, still at this time in the 1960s, was a very un-walking path. Not many people knew what caused it or what it was or how to treat it, and there's still many questions about that today. So this family actually helped researchers take steps forward into attempt of finding the answers to these questions about schizophrenia. So right when they moved into the hidden to Hidden Valley Road, they first saw some signs of illness appeared in the two oldest Galvin children. So the oldest one is Donald, and that's really what this book kind of concentrates on is Donald, because he was the first one out of the entire family to get some sort of schizophrenia um, symptoms. And he's the one that has mostly spoken out about this um, issue in the book to Robert Kolker. So Donald was kind of just this outwardly um, perfect son in the parents' eyes. He could do no wrong. He was the football star of the high school and wrestling team. Um, he dated the general's daughter in the, at the Air Force Academy, which was like really near to what town they lived in. Um, he really seemed to have it all together. But as he hit his teen years, something was off. His parents started to notice kind of like these outbreaks in his mood and all this different stuff. He basically had a barrier between himself and other people. And it got worse when he went to college. Um, As of right now, we know that like schizophrenia often manifests in like the late adolescence. And by the time he was 20, he was doing impulsive things at school like... Um, in the book, they talk about this one, like, experience that he had of, he was at this party, and he just ran into the bonfire. No one knows why, he doesn't know why he did it, but he just ran straight into the bonfire. And this then carries on to when he went to college. So he goes to college, and he went to the health services one time with a cat bite on his hand. He didn't really explain how he got it, and the health people that worked at this college were just really confused on why he had this on his hand. Um, a year later, he then came back and with another cat bite on his hand. And they were like, okay, like what happened to you? Like, why is this on your hand? He then um, told them that he painfully and slowly killed a cat and that that cat was trying to bite him to make him stop. He couldn't really explain why he was doing it, or when he did it, he just remembered himself doing it. And so that is kind of the point where the family um, saw like this is much more bigger problem than we think it is. So they put him into a um, kind of a rehab slash mental institution to help him with these um, different types of lash outs, I guess, or like different things that he was doing to get help with.
And so talking more past Donald, one of the biggest challenges, as like the writer talks about, is that not all mental illnesses are uniform or the same. So as I talk about Donald, he was very erratic and just very um, off-putting at a younger age, which is now he's very nice and very sweet in his 70s, but still quite delusional. Um, Matthew which is the next son, he is grouchy, but with medication that in today's uh, medical world, he's actually far more delusional than the rest of his brothers. Peter is a talented musician and extremely loving towards the rest of his family. And then the rest of the three brothers um, who are deceased, Joseph, he saw visions in the sky, like Chinese emperors talking to him. Jim self-harmed a lot because of his paranoia. Um, and terribly abusive to younger siblings and particularly the girls which are the two youngest of the family and then there's a very heart-wrenching story about Brian who in the 1973 seemingly out of nowhere murdered his girlfriend and then killed himself in a murder-suicide that the family tried to write off as an accident but in reality he had been prescribed an anti-psychic drug not long before that so he too had schizophrenia as well so just seeing how this family is just very much crumbling apart through its years of formation of the entire family. Um, as I mentioned before, there were 12 children in this family, 10 boys, two girls. Only six of the boys had schizophrenia, and the rest of the four boys did not have anything, nor did the two girls. Um, so which is very weird to see not all the children having schizophrenia in this massive family. So right after this break, we're going to pivot into the struggles that Mimi, the mom, had with raising 12 children and also kind of relating it back to 2020 and the society we live in right now. All right, so now that we kind of understand the family and what's going on, between all of the siblings, let's kind of jump into the view of mental illness in the 1960s. So Mimi kind of talks about it as being this mental illness was put onto the parents' back, especially Mimi's. Schizophrenia back then was very much put onto the mother, and that that was the mother's fault for having their kids having schizophrenia, or even in that fact, any mental illnesses. The parents just kind of thought that the kids would just grow out of this behavior and this is just a phase that they're going through and didn't really give it any thought of this is actually a terrible thing that my kids are going through that we need serious professional help on this and that they cannot do this themselves. But throughout the years, we have seen that schizophrenia and a lot of other mental illnesses is not due to parenting style. It is just due to genetics. And this is kind of where I want to draw it back and kind of bring it into today's world of being that a lot of mental illnesses don't get talked about a lot and that that is a hard thing for many people to go through that do have these mental illnesses. They feel like they're kind of like swept under the rug and that they just aren't as talked about as they should be. So seeing as September is Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought this would be the perfect type of podcast to do and topic to talk about. So 
let's just rewind all the way back to February of 2020. February of 2020, March of 2020 was a big turning point in all of our lives. It was when coronavirus just hit. It was the time that we were very unsure on what our future was going to be in this year. And also just very, just like very uncertainty was happening. Right when we got into quarantine, school got put online, most of us just kind of went home. And we didn't see anyone for six months. We didn't see our friends from college. We didn't see friends from back home. Um, it was just kind of a very awkward time to be living and I think a lot of that time we all just spent thinking about ourselves and we thought about what we have done in our life and all that different stuff. It really put people in a mental health kind of crisis almost. It kind of just brought out a lot of different things about people's um, mental health. And that was honestly scary. We didn't know when it was going to end, the quarantine. We didn't know who, when the last time we were going to see someone. I caught myself even thinking about my life and thinking about what I've done wrong and just all the different things coming all at once. We were alone during this, so it was very hard for us to get through it. Now, I want to take that quarantine time and kind of relate it back to the Galvin family. So you take Donald as an example. Donald was this ideal son he was looked up upon in high school as the football star and the wrestling star and no one knew what was happening in his brain no one knew that he was going through these struggles through these different things at home and that should really make all of us think about of what everyone else is going through someone someone is going through something hard and you might not know it because they don't want to come off as they are not okay and that is kind of the stigma of what mental illness is still to this day. We had it back then in the 1960s, and it is still here in 2020. And it is very hard for people that don't have a mental illness and people that do have a mental illness to talk about it. People don't want to come off as weak or as less than someone. And that is the massive like other stigma that we struggle with to this day is... It shouldn't be a social structure of, oh, you don't have mental illness? Oh, then you are good. I do, and I am lesser than you. We are all the same human. We are all the same people. Mental illness is something that none of us can control. Robert Kolker, in an interview that I watched slash podcast that I also listened to, he says that these are challenging times, independent of mental illness, I think that this is an example of a family that really experienced not just one, not but two, but or three or four different horrors all at once and came out of the other side. It's not about turning inwards when the worst happens in life. It's about reaching out to others and understanding the value of family and the value of not closing yourself off to possibilities. I think this really speaks about the Galvin family, but also in, in today's world of being if something bad happens in your life, to not break into yourself, to not think about it every single day to yourself. It can be hard to speak out about it and reach out and get help. But when that does happen, you then just get a value to your life that you did not have before. And as he says at the end of not closing yourself off to possibilities, which is a very powerful thing that he said. And I think that that is just something that we should all take to ourselves. 
before I close here, I'd like just to challenge you that anyone that's listening to just reach out to someone, just reach out, ask how they're doing. Um, these are hard times that we're going through right now with the coronavirus, with uncertainty of if we're going to stay in school for the next year of what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, just make that reaching hand out there and talk to them and ask if everything's okay. You never know what someone else is going through. All right, well, that's all for today's episode of Ben's Book Reviews. Thank you for joining me today as we dove into the life of an American family that got their life flipped around on them due to mental illness. I hope you really take something from today's episode and really implement it into your life of making sure everyone's okay, being nice to everyone, and just ensuring that mental health does not have a stigma in today's world. Um, Yeah, so thanks for coming along with me. Have a great rest of your day and be nice to one of each other. Thank you.